Hi, Compa Greeters, and welcome to another live episode of Elseworlds Exchange, unless you're catching the show uh, after the fact, or in audio format on Spotify under the Elseworlds Exchange, in which case, welcome to the show. Hey. Uh, I am, of course, here, uh, joined today by Joel uh, from Cape Joel, of course. Uh, we're here to talk about modern classic comic book runs, which, of course, is oxymoronic in its own right. Yeah. Uh, it is it is jumbo shrimp. It is the best little whore <laughs> house. In, it is the biggest little whorehouse in Texas. Like it is, It is all those things. A modern classic. I remember uh, growing up, I used to listen to a lot of classic rock. Yes, and there used likewise. to be a all right, and there used to be a um, like a stinger on there where they're like Q one hundred four point three, where it doesn't have to be old to be classic. <laughs> oh wait, yes it does. Um, and then they promptly played Nirvana, and it was like, that's it's not exactly the same thing, is it? But uh, that's kind of the fun of it. We're we're talking about like we know what the classic runs are. Like everyone can point to, oh, I want to get into Daredevil. What do I read? Well, you got to read the Miller run and you got to read the Anasenti run, you know, and, and Bandis exactly. and Bandis. And it's like, yeah, we know the runs like we, we and everyone can list them. You know, oh, I want to read Batman. Well, Danny O'Neill, Danny O'Neill and, uh, you know, Jim Aparo, Norm Bray Fogle, Alan Grant, any, any, any of the Jim Shooter era editorial Marvel stuff. Exactly. So like, there's a there's a ton of runs that you know off the top of your head, but we're talking about those runs that are that are happening or we're in or have happened and have not yet gotten the distinction, or maybe they have, but we we're here to declare them. Indeed, I I had a bit of a crisis myself. There, it's like, oh my god, am I old? Because I set a rule for myself when I did this. I'm like, okay, let's try and keep them within the last twenty years. You know, basically when I've been online working in yeah. the comic sphere. You know, stuff I've read recently. And then as I went back a little further and challenged myself, I'm like, oh my god, these are these are crushing thirty years. Some of yeah. these, oh my god, what is exactly. what, what is going on with me? And I started to spiral just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I I'm thinking about like things that got me into comics or got me back into comics. Mm. And I think we have to put restrictions on ourselves because otherwise we'll be yes. here all day talking about runs Indeed. from five years ago, because, you know, we're still talking about like the modern era, like the modern age of comics, like it hasn't changed into different eras since 1986. And it's like, yep. we, we got to draw some distinctions. Yeah, um, and, and there were some sad cuts I had to make. I'm like, no, no Marvel Knights. That's pushing 30. No Ultimate Spider-Man. That's pushing 30 years. As right, great yeah. as they are, those are not modern anymore. No, I think that I think that they've fallen into the realm of classic. Like Indeed. I, whenever I pitch Spider-Man, someone's like, I want to get into Spider-Man, but I don't want to get into side books or, and I want to read one one creator. And I'm like, well, then you have to read Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, it's got two creators for like 112 issues or whatever like you you're good and then when it goes to imminent it's even cooler like so you're 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 still fine um but ultimate spider-man i think is a classic run yeah no you doubt know? i think everyone would agree with that i think it has stood the test of time i think we see its effect in everything that has come after it launched a whole universe and then it ended a whole universe too but then didn't even really end either so i think we can say that ultimate spider-man more than earned its stripes a couple other ones there i'm like oh i want to put something by gail simone here i love secret six i don't think anyone else would call it a modern classic like i would i'm like oh but what about birds of prey oh, birds of prey is even older than secret <laughs> six uh, what about christopher priest black panther okay yep that's also pushing it that's pretty old yeah no it's true it, it's it's when we get into like what is a modern classic i mean and that's the thing like one of the beautiful natures of comics is that they are 
you know, evergreen that mm-hmm. anyone can pick up like a book, like Stan said, and get into it and suddenly find themselves like a big fan and then realize that that book is 50 years old. Yeah, and you're part of a bigger universe than you could ever know. And hey, w- what you like in this book may have been retconned in and out of existence several times. Exactly. Your definitive run, the definitive run that you have gotten into, maybe you uh, weren't reading comics and suddenly you found it and someone handed you this trade paperback from 45 years ago. Uh, although I, I I think that trade paperbacks didn't even exist until after 86. But that being oh. said, uh, you know, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm now finally caught up. But it's mm-hmm. like my sweet summer child i'm sorry to hear i'm sorry to tell you this but <laughs> you'll never you, be caught up you will never be caught up it's, um, it's my job to be professionally caught up i read dozens of books every week and i'm still not 100 percent caught up on everything someone will surprise me every week and be like well actually joel this happened over and yep that's right yeah i don't know how the editors keep it straight i would argue most of them don't but uh this show when it is live is sponsored by viewers like you if you want to help us out you can use a super chat ask a question or comment it'll be here on the show if you're watching the show after the fact and you still want to do that there's actually like a super button you can click that does that but if you want to more directly help out the channel you can always go to patreon.com slash comic pop and help us out there directly uh you get early access to shows there's actually a letters page up there right now um and of course back issues when i have a chance to actually edit the damn thing i put it up as as i can over on patreon first and then it goes out to the rest of the uh audience out there but uh as far as modern comic runs i i was like yeah 20 years is has to be the cutoff at least and we just made it for me yeah. to be able to say that Bendis' new Avengers there <laughs> is a modern run or is there a modern classic. I think that more people than would care to admit got into the Avengers as a result of this. It's true. We got to give the man his due. It was a very exciting time in Marvel Comics, and this book was really a poster child. I remember when the, you know, uh, when the rollout started for this, yeah. you know, it, it was inescapable as a comic yes. reader. It was huge. There was such this air of excitement around it. And again, you know, it brought it back to, you know, hey, let's let, let's talk about the Avengers as this weird kind of dysfunctional family, as this yeah. weird, like, you know, group of people who shouldn't be together but are, have right. them bounce off each other. You get Spider-Man in there. You get Cap. You get all your favorites. Some people who had been Avengers before and some people who hadn't been. It was this wonderful little mixture of, like, the more classic quintessential avengers and also some like more street level people up uh, wolverine of course as you're exactly right now, yeah this is and and uh as i understand it pretty much started with a uh you know marvel summit meeting where bendis goes why isn't spider-man on the avengers <laughs> and everyone just went off in uproar where they're like spider-man isn't an avenger he could never be an avenger he's a loner and bendis being like what are you talking about he like headlined marvel team up he's team up with every character <laughs> and just casada and brevor just looking at everybody going like wow everyone's really upset <laughs> that sounds like a recipe for success let's do it <laughs> one of the few times that i agree where uh yes uh outrage uh related to success but i think the difference is if i may uh, editorialize for a second that uh the outrage needs to come from within as opposed to without Indeed. right now they're like ladies and gentlemen the most reviled spider-man elseworld story you could think Two. of is getting a sequel like that's a big that's a that's an fu middle finger that's gonna like tr- like force you to buy the book or at least mm-hmm. they think that's what's gonna happen yes no. they're they're grifting they're rage baiting is what they are we don't know what you want we don't know how to give you what you want but we can make you hate read stuff we definitely know what you don't want yeah we don't we we absolutely know what you don't want and we know how to make you angry uh but 
I think that the way to do that, the way to fix it or to weaponize that or, or, or profit from it is to just make editorial angry. Make, do something that would make them angry. And because they'll be like, not that they'll be fighting against it at tooth and nail, but at least like they'll be, they'll be frustrating. Yeah. Uh, and, and that was always Ben just in his prime too. It's like, we're going to be upsetting some apple carts. Now we're going to be changing some paradigms on this one. Cause I'm a writer, man. And that's what we do. You know, good art should be challenging and I'm going to be challenging you with some of these things. Precisely. But, uh, but not only did the new Avengers run, because it was like a ton of issues. I don't recall off the top of my head, at least 60 um, yeah. of, uh, of new Avengers, which, which I think runs used to be longer. That's another thing, too, as I sit and look at this, you know, runs used to be much longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually we have to like almost redefine what a run is in the modern parlance, because like, you know, when you look at other runs where. I got to do like almost a dozen issues before they reset the series, but I didn't reset the narrative. So yes. there's like at least two or three different issue 14s in my run. Like, yes, there's a lot of back to number ones. I know too. I fought to put it in here. It's like, okay, look, no, no white knight by Sean Gordon Murphy, no Spider-Man life story. Those are great stories, but they're not runs is what right. they are. Exactly. They're yeah, limited no, series. These need to be runs. They needed to actually run for a long period of time. Yeah. I can't even uh, really count the JMS Spider-Man run at this point because I think that's pretty old. I think that might yeah. be too old. But, it, but it might be the same age as no when we were trying to crack that one. It's like, oh, God, this is older than we remember. Right. Like, Morlon is 20 years old at least. Um, but with, with respect to the new Avengers run, that also gave way to, like, the Bendis run on Marvel, where it was, like, yep. just nonstop Bendis hits and i don't know declarations where it was like we got we got house of m mm. we got secret invasion we got like everything except for civil war basically yeah. it was a, a siege um yep. dude you know, then, the roost for a while right and occasionally we get something like fear itself where it's like oh thanks for action but uh yeah man uh that's the, the bendis run on marvel but you know propagated by the new avengers it is it is a classic I don't even Still think it's a modern up. classic. I think it, it, yeah, it does hold up. You can read it and it's like, oh, this is exciting and fun and interesting and different. And it's still somehow different. I thought, oh, this is going to change how comics are like written and made. Mm. Kind of. You know, there was definitely the bendification of the story arc. Everything yes. got longer. Everything got like a little stinger at the end. He definitely helped popularize the idea of like, no, no, no. We're writing for the trade people. Oh yeah, no that that concept, which was totally foreign to people like Mark Gruenwald, <laughs> was uh was was very much old hat by that point. And, the, and of course, of course it was. You're talking about people from uh from the independent world yeah. who were only making books that were sold as trades, especially from the groups like Image Comics. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, speaking, absolutely. Again, another way Ben just upset the Apple car, which like, no, we're writing for trades. Like, no, we're, we're, we're pulps. We're pulp magazines, though, is what we are. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, okay, fine, whatever. Like, it, I, we can do that. But, you know, um, but I should mention that there's another modern comic run that comes out of Image, and it is, of course, um, Saga. Yes, I think. Yeah, again, I put mostly superhero books on me, too. Me, too. No, but I had to I have to give a quick shout out to Saga because it is a modern classic. Yeah. And I, and I don't think anyone's talking about it anymore. Like, honestly, I think that the, the two or three year hiatus they took kind of significantly the damaged the, 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 the book. Yeah, the book itself hasn't changed in terms of quality it hasn't dipped in writing or art, uh, but it did dip in 
public consciousness. Mm, but you know what? I think that'll change when they inevitably make a movie or TV show out of it. Well, well, and of course, this book was made specifically to never be adapted. But of course, like, that's just a challenge to the creative people in Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, how many times have we heard that the unfilmable comic was finally filmed? Yeah, twice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I think Sog is one of those things where it did also, I don't know if it changed comics, but it certainly did uh, make a big deal. And it uh, has never had a blemish in its run it's it's mm. it's uninterrupted and well except for the three year but only self-imposed and uh i never had any like terrible spin-offs or any garbage it's just it's a it's a classic when it's done people will be talking about it forever um i wonder if you know there, there's a book that doesn't count because it's not a modern classic it is just a classic that's bone from jeff ah, smith yes and we do wish him a speedy recovery because jeff smith did suffer a heart attack uh not yeah. too long ago and um you know he, he's taking a break from everything for a while but uh, uh also showing some love to the cartoonist side of yes. comic books as well too it's like hey it's not all men in tights it's not all you know mind-bending indie series you know let us also pay homage to you know the fun cartoon stuff too exactly but i fear that bone may have been too ahead of its time because mm. uh no one talks about it enough and it is one of those things where it's like it is an unblemished run. It has spinoffs, but those are also helmed by the creator. And it's 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 just a beautiful book that has never stopped or never never uh, tripped. And uh, and no one talks about it anymore. <clears throat> so I wonder I, if it is a classic because like, does it? Does, what is a classic? You know what I mean? It, well, that's you know that's all up for debate. Speaking of bone, I felt very good uh, last time I was out in Victoria visiting my uh, aunt. Her son, my cousin. Uh, had yeah. just come back from the local school book fair. Yes, they still do book fairs. How cool is that? Right. And guess what? And guess what he had in his pile? He had a collection of bone stories. And I'm like, That's nice. Awesome. That's what I like to see. You got that completely independently because it looked good and because the quality speaks for itself. Damn right. That's exactly right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think that bone is a classic classic because it is over 30 years old. Uh, but um but I think Saga might recapture the classic nature that Bone uh, deserves. And I don't know if it actually has uh, has gotten. If, uh, if we are counting modern indie stuff here, yeah. do, do we have to throw Walking Dead in there too? Because yeah. it was such a phenomenon. And like it was a black and white book that took the world by storm. And that's probably never going to happen again. And it only <laughs> happened because Hickman was such like a shrewd businessman. Kirkman, and Kirkman. Oh, Kirkman, yeah, because Kirkman was such a shrewd <laughs> businessman and negotiator to be like, hey, man, uh, aliens. Yeah, you want to do my zombie book now? And he basically helped either ride or kick off depending on who you ask the zombie trend that held pop culture in a fucking chokehold for what totally. felt like a decade and like the show is a different beast than the comic now and again i think he really exercised his creator control to be like the book's ending now i'm just gonna yeah. end it now because i can yeah this book is only 13 years old wow so yeah i'd say that walking dead is a modern classic especially because it has ended and you can read the whole thing and it has it, only yeah. been helmed by by kirkman and uh, yeah, it's and it changed it changed the game in its own way. Or maybe it I don't know if it changed the game because I don't know if like everyone's taking their P's and Q's from Walking Dead in terms of like 
the approach and how the how the how the whole book came about and how it became this like media storm of yeah. of, of a of a juggernaut of a of a property. Well, but, I think it did kind of start an arms race, at least amongst the studios, all wanting to find the next Walking Dead, and probably a lot of indie creators got to get their next book greenlit by saying, like, "Oh no, this will definitely be the next Walking Dead." Absolutely, no. It is it is the Jay and Silent Bob strike back of uh, of of comic book runs, where it's like. Oh, every, every once the X-Men hit the box office, every single property was picked up by every studio. That That's existed. pretty fair. And every zombie idea got greenlit, too, for a bit. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I think The Walking Dead counts, but... Um, I mean, it's, it's very impressive. And, and you talk about, like, all the spinoffs. I'm not even talking about the shows. Those Telltale games are pretty yeah. goddamn great and that that's in the same universe and that the medium got to be adapted to something else completely and it worked and it told its own story and that for like a whole group of people those telltale walking dead games are their walking dead if they yeah. never even read a comic yeah mm. that's pretty impressive in and of itself where it's like well you just created a world and a tone and with themes and ideas that you know were able to adapt to other stuff yeah the other problem is um Walking Dead did come out 20 years ago. So it does. It's just on the razor's edge. God damn. But I think it's uh, it, it's like a it's it's worth bringing up because it does feel like a book that hasn't been around for 20. Like it, it feels like a more modern book. Uh, yeah. It is a modern book, but it feels like it. It didn't. I, I think there are people who would be surprised to find out that it's over. It's because it never went away is the thing. There's always been a show. There's always been a game. There's always been something. It's never gone away. and doesn't true. look to be going away anytime soon. Uh, Gamescom was just this week. And, oh, hey, yeah. we're doing another, We're doing like an Elseworlds uh, Walking Dead game. Yes. And there's the Daryl Dixon show who wasn't even original to the book, was a show creation and is having <laughs> a life outside the comic. Right? Absolutely. So uh, while that is a contentious one, uh, I also want to bring up this book. I don't have a lot of familiarity with it, but I do know that it definitely, be- I think it belongs here because as far as fans are concerned, this run, um, again, uh, pun intended, uh, it it was a consistent, well-selling series that could not be matched when it was picked up afterwards. And that, of course, was to the Joshua Williamson run on The Flash. See, yeah, I almost put that on here, too, because, like, he was the only guy who stuck around from DC Rebirth and wrote every issue. And he wrote, like, 100 issues, didn't he? Yeah, that, uh, yeah, I think so. That, that, just... Like, that alone in the modern age is impressive, and you got to give the man flowers for that, because it's Completely. like, yeah, no one did that before, and seemingly no one has done that after. He must have been doing something right. Right, and and uh, that all comes from a position of love. The person, you know, dude loves the character, mm-hmm. uh, sold that, sold himself to that character, and and never walked away, and thought about when he would walk away, how he would do it, and and if and what would bring him back to it if he were to do it, and it's like you know to his credit he is kind of like he hasn't secretly brought the flash into other things as a deliberate method of like writing about the flash like even in his uh, side characters in that's true that's true but like even like like you you, it's easy for you to be like oh flash is the linchpin of dark crisis right yeah no uh flash flash is in it constantly i think he's in every single volume they're constantly everyone's like barry allen but he doesn't appear doesn't do anything 
it's the whole impetus. Flash goes missing into Multiverse 2, and that's the whole thing. He kind of kicks it off. Right, exactly. But uh, yeah, man, I, I think that um, that is a modern classic for Flash fans. You know, it's, Indeed. If you're going to say like, oh, the Mark Wade run on Flash is a, is a, is a classic run, then Williamson deserves that kind of uh, there's, honor. There's been quite a few. I would say it's right up there with the Wade run and the Johns run. And also, yes. hey, it's a book, too, that was called on to actually fix a lot of mistakes at DC Comics. Where it's like, oh, how do we explain Robin's gulag? How do we explain friggin' Thomas Wayne over there? And Joshua Williamson steps up to bat. I'll explain it. I'll do it. <laughs> I know who these characters are. Yeah, Reverse Flash was behind all. And hey, too, that was the book that also helped catapult him to that next level, you know, to the stratosphere of DC Comics to where basically he's the main creative driving force now in Absolutely. the company. Like, like he's the well from which all of this springs. And it happened because he wrote such good, solid, consistent Flash stuff for so long. And before that, he, uh, he, he did horror books before that, right? Nailbiter was him, right? He did Nailbiter, that's right. That's right. fucking love. And hey, you know what's great about Nailbiter? Bendis shows up in Nailbiter as a yes. character. Yes, he does. I fucking <laughs> love that. And the serial killer in the book is like, oh, you're my favorite, Bendis. You kill so many people. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> God, yeah. I love that scene so much. <laughs> it's a great one. And uh, I, I think people know, like he he talked to Brian about doing that first. Like he of was course. like, hey, you want to be in the book? Um, and I bet yeah. he was just tickled about it. <laughs> right? Uh, but I think that uh, that deserves distinction as a modern classic. And it's very much like that. That I think is emblematic of the show where it's like we're talking about what would what we're calling like we're calling it now. Mm -hmm. Like, while we're even in the midst of these runs sometimes that these are going to be modern classics. Like, I think it's fair to say that Jed McKay's Moon Knight mm. is going to be considered to be a modern classic for Moon Knight. Because it made people give a shit. It stuck around way longer. It's than still going and yeah, people I are reading it. Like, I know, wild, and again, it, it helped catapult Jed McKay to that next level where he did Black Hat, he did this, now he's doing Avengers, because, you know, hey, yeah. game recognized game, and also, Dr. hey, Strange. Dr. Strange, that's right, he did that too, it also, like, beat the clock on, like, whenever there's a new Marvel TV show or movie, you know you're gonna get a new book to tie into it, and a lot of times they don't last, this one was clearly commissioned to coincide with that Moon Knight show, and yet this oh, one beat yeah. And yet this one beat the odds, stuck around, offered something completely new and completely different. And yeah, the audience was there. They were hungry for it. They wanted to like Moon Knight. And Chad McKay gave them what they wanted. That's true. That's and it's true. also just like fun and cool and psychological because you get to see Mark in therapy and working yeah. through all that other stuff. They recontextualize for a modern era what Moon Knight even means, where it's like, yeah, I protect those who travel by night, the homeless, the sex workers, you know, the yeah. people who need defending, who you never see regular heroes defend, but I do because that's my thing. Right. Uh, talking about um, modern runs that are also definitively over. <laughs> I think we have to give a shout out to Hickman. Yeah. Modern we, classics. People are going to be reading Hawks and Pox forever and they're going to go, oh my God, where did this go? And then people are going to go, don't read Inferno, please, for the love of God. It, it went a lot of places. Yeah, I, I struggled to put this one on my list because like, well, technically it's not done yet what he started, but it's also kind of done because he was basically done with Inferno and then they all went in their own directions after that. Yeah, yeah. But this is a run where it's like, 
it will be considered to be a it, it it is currently a modern classic. I believe one day it will be considered to be a classic X Men book. Yes, where every issue was an event, every book and spinoff was interesting and compelling, and you wanted to know the whole story, you wanted to know what was going on, or even if you didn't, that's fine because X Men was a buffet at that point, and you could yeah. pick what you want and you could enjoy it, and it all told a different part of a bigger story. And ah, oh, just just what a magical time, and also totally breathed fresh life into the X-Men line when it needed it more than anything. This was like right after we had come off like the whole weird movie shit there where they had just been, the the X-Men were basically like how Spider-Man is now only running in place, you know, being a weird shadow of its former self. Then as soon as Hawks and Pox comes in, no, it's fucking, it's a big deal again. Absolutely. And it's funny because like that is a, they're talking about it right now where they're like, oh my God, X-Men is about to mean something people. And I'm like, it, it was a big effing deal. What are you talking about? Yeah. And they're like, no, but like now, you know, Brevoort's going to be taken over. And I'm like, so it was already a massive deal and it had been a massive deal before that even yeah now of course we have to mention zeb wells because zeb wells of course is one of the greatest writers at marvel right now of course killing it on spider-man his run uh, on spider-man while obviously the whole episode will be dedicated to his run on spider-man <laughs> uh, i thought we'd give a quick shout out to his run on hellions because i know you love this series yes, I do. tiffany loved this series we as well do. uh zeb wells you can't deny he crushed it on this run. And I don't want to necessarily make this the X-Men hour because I know there are like, there are just straight up set. Like there are series from too many Hawks good X-Men Pox series. Yeah. That like represent a, a, a thing you couldn't have gotten without Hawks and Pox that now exists here today. Hellions will be, I don't know if it'll be, if it'll be remembered, but the people who loved it, loved it. Sure and for did. them, it is a modern classic. It, you know, it, it filled that secret six-sized hole in my heart for a little bit <laughs> is what it did. We're just these weird, fucked up, quirky characters who bounce off each other. These weird little psychos who, you know, end up finding this sick sense of family with each other. It's also like a great chapter in the weird X-Men saga that is both Psylocke and Havoc. Because yeah. technically, neither of them have held books for very long in this Hickman, Hawks, and Pox era. Yet no, but every, they, do keep, they, do, they do keep popping up, they which keep I think is really cool. Up. It is, and like it's all a continuation of the story. It's all the same thing. And it also kind of becomes meta, too, where Havoc is like, yeah, even in this new X-Men paradise, I never found my place. I just kind of bounce back and forth from thing to thing. And like even in X-Men Dark right now, it's like, yeah, I finally got to be with Madeline Pryor. I finally got what I wanted. And all it cost me was the entire world as we know it catching flames. But I guess I'm happy, but I feel bad for being happy. And also, I'm the only one who thinks that we shouldn't kill people, even though everyone else thinks we should be killing people. Exactly. Uh, and, and again, I don't want to make this the X-Men hour, but I think that while I don't hear a lot of people talking about it, this isn't this is a run that has been going on for a while. And I think if they can stick the landing, because I do believe that not after Fall of X, but rather when Apocalypse returns and they do the Age of Apocalypse event, mm. which I've been teasing forever. I don't, I don't believe there's ever been any uh, d- evidence to support that they are going to call an event Age of Apocalypse again, but I, <laughs> I firmly believe they will. Because why not? I mean, because you already reused Inferno. You already reused Secret Wars. Yeah, no, exactly. But I, uh, I, I, I do believe that if they can stick the landing, 
with Beast and Wolverine, the Ben Percy run on Wolverine will be considered. Yeah, the end much like Joshua that. Williamson, you got to give Percy his flowers too, because he has stuck on through Hawks and Pox writing X Force and Wolverine, and that's pretty goddamn impressive. I'm multiple volumes behind, but I know one day I'm going to catch up. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a solid run. The the art has been consistently cool, although it never really reaches the Cubert levels that it used to have. But um, it's still consistent, and it and it and it delivers. And it's it's one of those things where it's like, I grew up during a period when it was there was never a uh, a gap in Wolverine books. Yeah. And there was always like like there's always a Sulu on the Enterprise. There is mm-hmm. always a a Cubert on a Wolverine book. Yeah. But uh, I, I I do truly believe that um, this this series here uh, is restoring Wolverine to his uh, form of glory. Yeah, his it, prominence. It, exactly. It's it's funny too. Hellfire Gala. They actually are kind of letting Wolverine sleep a little bit because I had a moment there where it's like, oh wow, everything's getting really interesting in Fall of X. I want to read at least the first issue of everything. When's the next Wolverine coming out? Oh, it isn't. Oh, he's in a Ghost Rider event. Really? That's where they put him? No yeah. kidding. Oh, Percy writes that. To, okay, that checks. Actually, that's smart though to let him slumber for a little bit and really make people, you know, hunger for to see what Wolverine is doing. Exactly. And what's going to happen? What's going to become of Beast? Um, yeah, that's right. Because he wasn't at the party either. Because him and Wolverine were having it out, I guess. Yeah, they wrapped a, the, the Beast thing. They have like it, it's the end of round two, basically. Mm. Like we will get another like payoff for Beast, but for right now. Uh, we can we can let that rest for a minute. Now, Joel, you got to talk about this run because, of course, it is a modern classic. I think everyone re- agrees to the point where I think uh, I think the Philip Kennedy Johnson run on this is just going back. They're just like, okay, we're not going to go the Kate's route. We're just going to go back to to Ewing, and that's the Immortal Hulk. Yeah, Immortal Hulk. I mean. To even describe the book, you kind of sound like a crazy person because it went through so (laughs) many eras. The first era where it's like, hey, let's go back to making Hulk a horror character again. Let's make him scary. Let's have some paranormal adventures with Bruce Banner. Oh, yeah, he can't die also, which he technically already couldn't (laughs) die. But now we're really going to, you know, uh, dig into the philosophical nightmare that that is, that you're in a constant state of rebirth and your suffering will never end. And then we're totally going to shift gears in the second half <laughs> and it's going to become a fiery political you know, story yeah. wherein people adopt the Hulk as a symbol of, you know, smashing the broken institutions and the devil Hulk is like, yeah, that's my thing. I want to smash everything that is broken so it can be rebuilt. And then we switch gears again in the <laughs> third half and it becomes a biblical Jobian tragedy wherein the Hulk tries to have an audience with God himself to ask, why do you make me suffer, O Lord? <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I was, I was really hoping it was going to be like, um, it's gonna be like Animal Man, where we, like Hulk was gonna talk to his creator, which it kind of does. But it kind of like, does. It doesn't. It doesn't go that hard. It's, but it's, it's still it's like very. It's, cool. it's very more. It's very you know uh, old Vertigo again. I a lot of people Morrison. compared it to Swamp Thing early on, yeah. and yeah, it's very much like the best Swamp Thing stories. And yeah, I I'm actually like an issue behind on the Philip Kennedy Johnson one. I, I mm-hmm. like that they're like, look, we we did a Kate's thing there where it got a lot of weird and crazy space stuff, and Kate sadly never got to finish it, and we now know why he didn't get to finish the story he was trying to tell but yeah, yeah i like philip kennedy johnson's like nope we're going back to horror back it up <laughs> back <laughs> it right. up that was good there's still a lot more in there back at the yeah back well and i think he has something he wants to say about it but also i think he's like i think if we're smart we should just do the thing that people come to expect from the hulk now 
Yeah, I, I also Which, really like the villains that he's doing there. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you close the green door, that lets something way worse in there. These horrible Lovecraftian skinwalker creatures. And also, it, and also it looks to be involving all the other Marvel monsters, of which there's so many great ones. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. A, again, to, to keep singing Immortal Hulk's praises, uh, it brought back <laughs> Zemnu, the original Hulk, and told a Zemnu, really, yes. <laughs> and told and told like a really interesting Twilight Zone story about the dangers and pitfalls of nostalgia. Right. Which right? I did not see coming, which is a brilliant story in and of itself. And also, hey, had one of the best, most prominently focused on uh, trans characters in mm. modern comics. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the build up. Yeah, I loved the build they had with her. You see her coffee mug. And I'm like, wait, is she? No, I, I, is she? And then they tell a whole story about like, yeah, I was, you know, working for the Kingpin, making black market uh, HRT, you know, like you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> fucking yeah. love that story <laughs> yeah uh but i think um when people pitch hulk now they're like well you could you you need to read immortal hulk like uh, it used to be well if you can get it you got to grab like all the peter david stuff which i think yes. is why anyone likes the hulk yes because it's a much more bigger concept than it normally is it's funny hulk used to be such a simple concept he gets angry and he smashes now it's like well what's your pitch though what's your long game you know what's what's the meta text of your hulk story now right exactly exactly uh which i think is really fun like that's a great like development of that of that uh, evolution of that character oh it made the leader terrifying again it also referenced every bit of leader cam uh canon ever where it's like he dies a lot doesn't he and ewing was like yeah yeah he does and let me explain in great detail why that's important that he dies a lot <laughs> right um there is a it, okay so this is not so much a run as the because i don't i define runs as like in continuity main like you know main series mm. uh multiple issues kind of stuff right, right. like like Immortal Hulk. Immortal Hulk was like in continuity. They a couple of books paid it off, although fewer than I would have expected. It had like um, fifty issues, I think. Yeah, exactly. But uh, and I, but I think the Marvel, the greater Marvel universe, didn't really pay it off. Uh, but it's um it's one of those things where it's like that's kind of what a run is. But there are also these like mini series that came out that have come out certainly in less than 10 years, some of them less than one year mm. that I have to shout out because I just, I just love them so dearly. And it's just Tom King working for DC mm. up in the sky is a triumph. It's just, it's one of the, it's one of the best modern Superman stories written in the last five years. It is, you know, again, I, I was reticent to pick this one up because I felt so burned after. Batman. I know his Batman. No, but no, but but this, but this again, you know, what? I think he is much better suited to Superman because his weirdo dream logic that he <laughs> regularly falls into makes so much more sense with Superman where it's like, yeah, again, it is this dream childlike logic. He is the man who can do anything and everything. And it's like a very positive take too, in the fact that King didn't seem to feel the need to like deconstruct and pull the strings on the sweater <laughs> would have thought he would, but, and yet he's like nope superman ain't broken and i'm like good boom we uh, we agree tom <laughs> right but also uh mr miracle from him and miss jared's this series was incredible it's it's the one people think yes. of when they think of mr miracle like when you're talking about modern classics you also talk about like definitive takes on the character and like yeah. that's what this is like mr miracle is the book undoubtedly that, and, and it's tom king's kind of like not final word but it's certainly his loudest word on the fourth world 
Yes, and also, again, amazing color theory in this book. I so rarely ever get to pull that out of my right? arsenal, but it's like, no, this one has really good color theory. And, and hey, it was so popular and so definitive when the freaking Harley Quinn show made reference to Barda and Mr. Miracle. They recreate that cover you just showed in a comedy show. Right. <laughs> uh, similarly, Strange Adventures, Never unbelievable series. Oh, it's worth reading so bad. It's such an incredible book. Uh, but also another in, uh, definitive, not definitive, but like it will be, it it will it will be the definitive run on, uh, on on, uh, yeah, on on Adam Strange, yeah, on Adam I mean, Strange, because not everyone's rushing to tell that story. No, and I, for me, it's also like a problem that it's a definitive run on Adam Strange, and you'll understand why if you read it. But like, uh, it doesn't it doesn't negate how good it is. Uh, similarly, Gotham City Year One is another incredible book that needs to be read. That is also a, like it's. Oh. I, I didn't read this one either, even though this is totally up my alley because it's like, oh yeah, old timey Gotham pre Batman, the old families, and it's also kind of a Lindbergh baby caper. And like Slam Bradley's the detective in this, isn't he? Yes, the, yes. the detective of Detective Comics, the guy who actually yep. predates Superman and Batman. That's right. That's right. And and like originates in Gotham. It's this book is is sick. Uh, okay, and finally, of course, it. Human Target, which it's like also haven't read. Oh, my God. This book is just it deserves the uh, Eisner in one. Did it? OK. Oh, yeah. And uh, and and you'll understand why if uh, if you read it. But like it's I, I didn't hear many just, people talking about it again. OK, oh if, 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 he, if you're saying that, if he made this Human is, Target interesting, <laughs> this is the closest thing to a perfect comic book there is. Really? OK. And it, and it has a lot to do with Greg Smallwood, but, you know. I okay, I, I, I have some reading recommendations then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, of course, uh, oh, hang on, I'm, I'm getting my pictures here. Um, yeah, go for it. I'll, but, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll vamp, I'll kill time. Oh, here we go. It's, uh, did I get it? Okay, that's good enough. Um, this, is a, this is a run I didn't read a lot of, but I also have to acknowledge that it is, it is, it is a, consistent run that never really stopped uh and made every effort to 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 kind of define or redefine the character and that's kelly thompson on captain marvel yeah i was gonna say i, I also put uh, what is it the other captain marvel series in here too mainly because i looked at my list and i'm like huh a lot of a lot of old white dudes in this one here it would be nice to you know uh g give some love to some female people of color crazy yeah i heard great things about this too this is the one where like they turned her evil for a yes. second but this is this is the only one that i hear people talk about that isn't the kelly sue deconic one so it exactly. must be good right because <laughs> the kelly sue deconic one you know maximized conversation for so long it was the one the movie was kind of based on yeah this yep. This one has also been in my to read pile for a bit. Yeah, and it's but but it is it is uh, for me dif distinctly Marvel, That's and cool. uh, no pun intended. I, I just think it's like it is. It feels like a run. It feels like a true die in the wool. Like this is a comic run on. It, it, it also on, does on some her. sweeping retcons, doesn't it? With Carol's yes. parentage to tie yep. in to the new movies. I remember that was a. Big well, I think thing. that like I think they did it in like a book called The Life and Times of Captain Marvel, but I think yeah, she, she also was running wrote at that. This, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, which was running at the same time, which is what always confused me. She has a sister, doesn't yeah. she? Have like a yeah, like a Shi'ar sister or something. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, 
And I think uh, you have uh, quite a bit to say, and, and I will agree with you on this, which is, of course, uh, G. Willow Wilson's Ms. Marvel. Oh, yeah. I mean, lightning in a bottle, magic whose likes might never come again. They have tried mm-hmm. yeah. to recreate what G. Willow Wilson did, and it hasn't worked. I mean, people have put in some good efforts, but it's just like, man – you had something so special there. You had early Peter Parker, Spider-Man special here. It it was also a thing that kind of took over culture for a little bit. It actually managed to penetrate the membrane that is comics to where I saw people just in the regular world talking about Ms. Marvel. Yes. She became this like symbol, even to non-comic readers. Like CNN was talking about this when right? it dropped. It was huge news and the stories were good and they hold up. And yeah. like, it was just, every issue felt like an event and it also was being written for the trade but it also kind of bucked that trend where they're like no we want to try and reach a different audience with this so every issue kind of did feel like a one and done there for a bit also hey one of the best books to make use of the inhuman stuff at that time in marvel yeah yeah that's true oh my god and now and now uh thrown away (laughs) yeah yeah how about that Mm. Uh, kind of only 50 percent thrown away only 50 percent thrown. they can always come back <laughs> yeah i can't talk about this much but i will have to admit that like there's an omnibus that exists out of this so you have to speak uh to it in some way but that's uh saladin ahmed's uh run on miles morales mm. see again uh i i went back and forth on loving that one as much as i did i really yeah. tried to get into in the beginning He's got some good stories. He invented some stuff that kept going, like, uh, yes. what is it, Miles's relationship with uh, Vulture's granddaughter and uh-huh, everything. Uh-huh. Introduced some new villains, uh, kind of planted the seeds for a return to the multiverse, let Uncle Aaron be alive again and be a character for a while. Right? No, I, I, I think that there's – while I did, – it didn't speak to me directly, and of course, like, there's, you know, no book – no. There won't, there won't that won't always happen. Um, but this book, I think, helped to truly redefine Miles Morales and make him a character because one of my major complaints has always been, yeah, I don't really like care. You know, he's not. It doesn't matter. I, I don't really. Not that I don't relate to him, but more like I relate to him too much. I don't really care. Like, uh, I, I already uh, have Spider-Man, you know? Uh, Amid did the thankless job and the heavy lifting of really having him make sense in the Marvel mm-hmm. Universe again once Bendis left because Bendis got to write his first couple of runs. And this was Bendis near the end of his Marvel stint where he's like, I'm just doing whatever the hell I want. So, you know, try and stop me. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Like Marvel slash editorial will leave you alone if you if you hit, consistently hit particular numbers, uh, and, and that's what Spider Man like, did. And admit it, like it created new characters, like uh, like the Assessor and everything, who was yes. wonderfully creepy. Did a good version of the Clone Saga. Uh, what is it? You just did like a lot of heavy. Oh, it explained the whole, you know, hey, why is my last name Morales? But uh, your <laughs> but last my father's name, name is Jeffrey is Jefferson Davison. Yeah, right, which, uh, Jefferson Davis. Yeah, Jefferson uh, ah. Davis. Yeah, which yeah. which is a beautiful like scene. And in fact, I would not be shocked if that showed up in a movie at some point because it's a really well done scene. In fact, I would probably speak higher of that series if the new Cody Ziegler series, I think, didn't blow it out of the water in a very short amount of time. Right, right. Like it's uh, too early to call that one a modern classic. But if it keeps going at the rate it's going and if it doesn't get fucked over by all these goddamn event tie ins that it's forced to take part in. Uh-huh. I think the Ziggler series is already on its way. And the fact that Ziggler is doing this while also writing for basically every TV show under the sun is right. a goddamn miracle. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I found out, like, oh, he's writing that new Futurama revival. Oh, he's writing this. He's writing that. I'm like, where does the man find the time? Right. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, and and sp- say what you will about this creator, but you can't deny their record run on the character, mm. the contributions that they have put forth for the character, and the uh, the fact that you can't the inexorable establishment of the superior spider-man thanks to dan slot and dan yeah. slot's run on spider-man now yeah. I, I know superior spider-man counts but i say all the way from when he was on things like new ways to die mm. through his spider-man amazing spider-man run because superior spider-man the original book is about how peter parker is the superior spider-man yes like, that is so, the ultimate you know the thesis at the end of it exactly all exactly that is miss. the thesis yeah and i and i but uh superior spider-man also was a book that be, that created new fans yes of the character called spider-man yep it got people in it was fresh it was exciting it was something you had to pay attention to it's also it it kind of looked like on the outside like it was you know rage baiting where it's like oh right? dr octopus is spider-man now but then you read it's like oh no you actually did this with care and thought and obviously some people were so mad they never read it or went in wanting to hate it but i yeah. think time has been very kind to superior spider-man and i think if you look at the grand scope of Dan Slott's writing, and there's a lot, I would say Superior Spider-Man is the cream that rose to the top. Absolutely, it certainly. I think it's the culmination. Like, it is. It is the. It is. It is the conclusion. Like the yes. true conclusion of the of the slot run, even though it limps he, on for for like five more years. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's like no. It ends at the end of Superior Spider-Man. Like reestablishing Peter Parker as Spider-Man, having him be truly the Superior Spider. Like that's the end. And then, um, he, then, then he kept going, hey, let's let's see. We'll, we'll know in November if he can make lightning strike twice. Yeah, I think they they, they screwed that up. Um, there's uh, there's another like uh, modern classic or rather it certainly feels like it will be. And that would have to be uh, Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo's Nightwing book. Yeah, that's going on right now. Again, I I put his injustice in there first because I thought <laughs> Nightwing was a little too new at the yeah. moment. But yeah, if it keeps with you know the momentum that it's going right now, yeah, it probably will because it feels fresh, new, and exciting, but also quintessentially classic DC yes. comics. Yeah, that's the thing. Like it's this is the one where it's like, oh, let's get you know, let's get nuts and talk about a book that A hasn't ended and B. Uh, every week does or every release doesn't really change anything or make anything new. It just enjoys where it is and has capable people being capable. Yep. It also sets up the new Titans book. It's also a very art forward book. So much to the point that every so often you'll get an issue with a fun gimmick. Hey, here's a Nightwing issue. That's all told from the first person. Here's one. That's like an endless Scorsese tracking shot. I've never seen anything like that. That, 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 first pov book uh holy crap pretty brilliant uh, right yeah and uh i've seen people toy with the idea but never really to that go extent. that that far with it and and succeed like make it look easy and, like, and i say gimmick but that's actually selling it short because it's not a gimmick because it continues to grow the organic story that they did from day one helping to further tell the story of this new villain heartless the relationship between dick and barbara who i think they've never been cuter as a couple yeah. in i'm loving it. It, it they've almost never been allowed to be enough of a couple yeah. the way that they are in this book like this book is one of those things where you're like oh this is what happens when you allow a status quo to remain for long enough to mm-hmm. actually 
live in it. And that's uh, that's one of the things I actually talked to with uh, with, with Josh uh, Williamson on our show over uh, on this channel, where it was like my main complaint with most runs, with most like controversial or or, or new new status quo is that we don't live in the status quo enough to really like establish it and Indeed. and enjoy it or miss I, it i agree it, it also like succeeds in balancing a dozen different genres that you wouldn't think you get a gritty crime story you get like a magic story you get stuff with the titans and like a batmite character all back to back and it all makes sense as part of this beautiful tapestry and hey it also serves as a great opportunity for tom taylor to showcase you know his eye towards social commentary mm -hmm. explaining why bloodhaven is this broken city why it's different than how gotham is a broken city and how people like Blockbuster, you know, thrive in corruption and graft and everything else. Heck, they, they did a one-shot issue about the evils of cash bail, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And, and, and I know he touched a nerve because there was at least one person in my comment section who lost their fucking mind because someone dared to invoke the evils of cash bail. And I'm like, dude, it's it's almost a quintessentially American thing. We, we don't have it other places. That's no, true. Uh are, are there any off the top of your head you want to cover before we jump into some super chats? And because I know there's going to be a lot of overlap with things that we already have talked about, oh, sure. haven't talked about yet, or would like to touch upon. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I guess to keep something kind of modern there, uh, Keith Giffen's Blue Beetle, which I think might also be oh, over wow. 20 years old now. I feel like you kind of got to give that one its due because it's the Blue Beetle that everyone tries to emulate. It's yes. the one that everyone loves. It's also kind of a sad story of a book that got canceled before its time. So mm -hmm. people didn't get the ending they wanted, but it's been adapted all over the damn place. In the new movie, in that second season of Young Justice, the footprint that this series left is huge. And it's yeah. also a sad story of like, this should have been so much more. You should have been DC Spider-Man. They yeah. really should have ran with you, Jaime. You were basically Kamala Khan. You were basically all these other characters years before they came out. But you're a sad casualty of how comic books, especially DC comic books, fears the youth. <laughs> right, of course. Oh and fears God. feeling old. Or at least like they allowed a culture of fear of the youth and of the next generation to permeate their like whole DNA. Um, but yeah, Jaime deserves to be up there, man. Yeah, um, certainly. I think, you know, we are still feeling the effects of this series and this run. And also, no one's ever really come close to it after, which is kind of no. sad. They've tried so many times. They've taken so many swings and it's just never worked because I think people don't want a new Blue Beetle series as much as they just want to go back to this and want a proper conclusion to this. Yeah, that's true. Um, there is one other run that I want to call out before we uh, before we hear from the audience. And that has to be a run that I was like, oh, yeah, that is an unstoppable, unblemished, nonstop. Like it, this series, it is for a lot of people like the definitive run on this. This will be the definitive run for these characters. And I, I could never imagine that in a world like but we're but we're here now um and that would be the idw ninja turtles oh yeah yeah i hear nothing but good things about this i i am not as big a turtle head though maybe that will change now maybe i'll finally get a chance to get into this but yeah i hear nothing but good things about this series yeah this book this series uh has successfully scored off of like side ideas um like silent issues uh spinoffs new turtles like jenica 
Yes, again, I'm looking at one of the new turtles now. Again, yeah, that's the great. last the last time they tried to launch a new turtle, everyone <laughs> lost their goddamn mind. I know it, it almost it would it arguably killed the franchise. Although I would say that like the whole execution of that show killed the franchise in its own way. But like, but it didn't because the franchise kept going. Literally, it, like it, there isn't a generational lot doesn't have turtles uh their, their version of it but, they're getting um, a new one right now with the new movie which i have not I seen but is getting great reviews and it's getting a two-season tv show spinoff oh you would love it you would love it the most you would dig it the most so, so um, i hear but uh but yeah man this this series this this ninja turtle series needs to be more available i've seen it mm. um it's funny like i somebody asked me recently do they have do i have like copies of it and i'm like yeah and i went to go look i have two copies of volume one <laughs> and one volume and one copy of volume two i think there's like six or more copies or, or more volumes of this series not counting uh, spinoffs yeah i actually went to uh, a bookstore the other day and like looked for it and i found like something called like the best of oh and it's just like a bunch of random issues of oh. the book it's not like it's not just more of the book or the book in sequence or oh, come on idw do better <laughs> I, I know you're a fantastic book publisher you know how to print books i don't understand why it like is so hard and then i found um they made like a like a floppy like a like a trade paperback version of the hardcover and that's what mm. it is it's just it's just the hardcover but it's doesn't have a hardcover and i'm like oh okay that's better because it's more available but what they need to do is they need to make like because the, the book I think is 150 issues something like that. It's like never. It's 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 a massive run and it's like the same. Like, I think Tom Waltz has been writing the whole damn thing the whole time with these. Oh really? One creative just, team. Yeah, exactly. Which is why it's like that's a definitive run. Which you don't uh, get as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But uh, I, I'm like, why isn't this everywhere? You know, you had a movie. Where is the like compendium? Where is the omnibus? Like, where, where are the invincible uh, or Walking Dead trades? Like, that's, I that's get... so true. Amazon killed it so hard. It's like, hey, we got our new show. Now read the boom, books. Boom, boom, <laughs> boom. Like, yeah, volume one, two, three, four. Got them. I mean, look at uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, even even the boys. Yes. Oh, my God. Those the... damn things. And it's like, I hate the boys. I was going to say, I actually think I have my copy here that they sent me because they sent it out to yeah. a bunch of critics where they're like, hey, remind people these exist now and you can get them. Right. And that they're cheap. Yes, they are. You know, like because because people new fans and young people don't care about they quality. Just need, uh, uh, well, and, and you can still about, about page quality. quality and paper quality. Yeah, it's it's good. Like it, it like all the print copies on like Walking Dead, Invincible Boys. It's good. It just it's just a little less expensive. You Hell, know, even uh, the bone compendium, which is just the true. bone book, is that one's a little too unruly. I wish they'd split that up. A little you bit. know, had those turtles books been available, I probably would have picked up the turtles just because I've heard nothing but good things. And and because the action figures are inescapable right now. Every store exactly. you go to, they got the whole team all done up there. I'm like, that's smart. That's how you do a multimedia blitz. Totally. Uh, so jumping into the super chats really quick, uh, yeah. Bryce Harriet says, is it easier for smaller characters like Daredevil or Flash to have classic runs due to less editorial oversight? You said this in Frank's Daredevil. Obviously. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, like you're, you he feels hard name. to deny. Exactly. Uh, sometimes it's easier to, uh, you know, just just fly under the radar than it is to like make a big splash and then keep making splashes because that's what you're known for. It's actually not unlike YouTube where it's like yeah, where you, you catch know. on because of quality. Again, even Immortal Hulk like that, too. Hulk's a big character, but he's not like a massive character until he was until right. he was out yeah. selling Batman. And the fact that that happened totally organically is yet another reason why that book is so special. Yeah. 
Uh, Ray Farr, Compop Woo. Thank you very much, Ray. Uh, due to Sal's recommendation, I picked up multiple trades of the Tom Taylor Nightwing series, and I love it. Compop selling books. Nice. That's nice to hear. Thank you. Um, yeah, man. Tom Taylor be crushing it. Uh, and sure is. You know, like, uh, I guess you could consider like deceased and things like that to be uh, definitive runs. That's but, true. Like, Spawned a lot of sequels. But they're also Elseworlds. Yeah, it's true. And like, they're also Max. Like, Dark Knights of Steel ended this week. And I'm like, wait, this wasn't done yet. For me, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I dropped this book like a hot potato because I couldn't like make heads or tails of when the damn thing was coming out. But now that it's over, maybe I'll read the whole thing. It's pretty good. I imagine it would probably make a great back issues episode at some point. I agree. I think you're right. Thank you. John Cotta, if we're talking about the last 15 years, then the only things I can call truly classic is Court of Owls, Immortal Hulk, Zdarsky's Daredevil, and probably the whole Krakoa era, even though it's not over yet. Uh, I, I mean, like, listen, I hear what you're saying, and I think you're not wrong about a lot of these things, particularly stuff like uh court of owls or at the very least like scott snyder and greg capullo's run on batman probably um, the most like definitive of the new 52 runs probably like one of the most like this in this moment you felt like the whole experiment could work because this was yes. so good right yes yeah i i think it's not uh inconsequential to say i don't think it's it's controversial to say that this thing that, that be, the success of snyder and capullo's batman like overinflated the value of new 52 probably because it was so good and like there was other good runs around that like oh, I yeah, would, yeah. That, that like i would fight for that you probably wouldn't call classic i loved gail simone's bat girl at the time yep. i don't know if people would call that classic but i loved it shit jeff john's aquaman aquaman was so popular at that time he had an event and a spin-off team book yeah that's true yeah was that the aquaman and the rest Aquaman and the others. Yeah, that's right. Fantastic name. That was going to sell books. They, um, they had cool names and designs. I like Prisoner of War. I'd, I'd yeah. write a Prisoner of War book. <laughs> but, I, you know, I was very critical of the run when it was coming out. And I got to admit that, like, every subsequent run from Snyder Capullo onward, I've been I, I've gone. It's not as good as Snyder Capullo's run. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people like that. Like, there's been good stories here and there. Yeah, there's I, been good stories, but they're but not like. like to like really, you know, kind of grab everyone yeah. by the throat. Like you could not ignore Capullo yeah. and Snyder's Batman. It was inescapable. Yeah, that's that, it's absolutely true. Where like uh, all these other runs, you can kind of ignore them. Like I like I'm really enjoying what Zdarsky's doing and everything. But like for the people who are like, man, I stopped reading because it wasn't a multiverse. I'm like, well, I guess I can't blame you. <laughs> no, it's true. Um, and and I, I can't uh, give Snyder uh, full marks because like, while he, I mean, like off the back of the new 52 run, his Capullo run, he became like the architect of the DC universe and yep. took it bold, him to the next level. It's true. But, uh, and took him in bold, strange new directions. None of which I would say are success or as successful or as memorable as his run on Batman. Um, the Batman yeah. run itself is, it is it is in the top three for people like, and it was a, and it was a lot of people's first batman runs and i think there's something really magical about that too that for a whole generation of people that was when they first really started reading comics yeah yeah i, I it, everyone will be talking about this forever yeah and, it, and they were when it was happening they were know? yeah but even if you keep reading after court of owls you will still be entertained Yep, there's a there's a whole saga where Jim becomes Batman, right? And it's not bad. No, it's it's actually quite solid. And and it's got its own origins, it's got its own like zero year, you know. Like there's there's all that which I can't deny is influential and well executed. Yep. Despite how much I hated it at the time. Yep. Um, but yeah, it it it, it that, that is like if you're talking about modern classics, the the headline is 
Snyder and Capullo. It's, it's it's hard to deny. Like again, if you if you just threw that out, that would be the knee jerk reaction from everyone, and they're not mm-hmm. wrong. That's true. And then there's uh there's Zdarsky and Chichetto's and yep. Michael Horn and other people's uh, run on uh, Daredevil. Zdarsky run on Daredevil for this episode. Exactly. Zdarsky's run on Daredevil uh, counts as a new modern classic because there it are just so ended last week. <laughs> it's wrapped up, so we could say like, oh, that's the whole run. I didn't love it. I loved it as as it went, and as it kept going, it just kept not impressed. It just kept losing me. Interesting, because you see, I I would compare it to Immortal Hulk in the way that one of the reasons I liked it so much is it kept changing its identity. Because the first you know couple, the first year, because there was three years of it that you could, yeah like fully cut into. The first year is pretty classic, down and dirty, Millerian daredevil you know fighting the powers that be and everything we get new villains in the stromwind twins who are very interesting as far as daredevil villains go we're not super villains we don't have costumes we just you know embody uh predatory capitalism and they're not even really punished in the end either which is another thing that i'm sure was a solid point of like no villains like this never get punished right exactly now there's a lot to love about it and all the window dressing and all the ideas that come out of it are valuable uh, the things people North, remember Electra of becoming Daredevil. Electra becoming Daredevil is the thing everybody remembers. But like Daredevil being in jail again, uh, but done through Zadarsky's lens worked. It was an yes. interesting concept. It, it um, feeds into a much bigger theme. There's basically two big themes in his Daredevil series. Can a man truly change and fuck the uh, prison industrial complex <laughs> in the United <laughs> States are the right. two. And it's true throughout the series. Yeah, no, it's true. Uh I think it gets away from itself. I think it does inevitably collapse under the weight of its own like success. Do you, and, do you, uh, you feel like Kingpin's not in the book anymore? It kind of no, suffers. no, 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 no. I because Kingpin wasn't in the book very much anyway. It was just my issues were it was just it was a really well executed like I really enjoyed it when it was in New York when it was dealing with street level characters when it was. Uh, once he gets into an island and he's marrying Electra through like a hand ceremony, like his his sudden and like abrupt, like dogmatic belief in like the hand in, in the fist. Yeah. I, I was just like, where did this come from? Like this was not it didn't organically spring from the narrative. For me, it just kind of happens. Well, it's it's literally because the devil made him do it. I know. I'm, I'm like, that sucks. <laughs> you see, For me, I'm, I'm like that's a not that that's not enough. Now, I really want to talk to you about the ending of this book because I liked the ending specifically because of all the things it doesn't do and all the yeah. things it leaves open ended. Like the Stromwind twins, they basically get away scot free because, of course, they do because those people are never punished. The hanging plot thread of Goldie, his you know retcon friend from school who may or may not have been an actual real deal Judeo-Christian angel who Uh says, yeah, you know, Daredevil, the reason your life gets ruined every five to eight years is because God is testing you because you are his greatest soldier. You are his greatest champion. They never go back to Goldie even after the hand reveal. And I think there's something really compelling in that when we pull back the layers because it's like – Maybe God really was involved. Maybe it wasn't always the hand. Right. And, and the fact that Daredevil gets resurrected in the first place, and even when they have Man of Science Reed Richards mm-hmm. come in there and be like, yeah, there is no scientific reason behind why so many heroes are constantly being reborn. Maybe there's a divine reason behind it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then to have the big final panel be like, you know, can a man change? Kingpin changed. Electra changed. Cole North changed. Yeah, Matt, Matt Murdock cannot change. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. I do I, like I that. Mean, 
I, I mean, he, he kind of does change in which he, like, the, the whole, like, fist island thing was him changing his approach to crime and everything, yeah. you know? Yeah. Beating up supervillains, putting poor people in jail, it doesn't work. I need to do something different, and going to jail showed me this because I have yeah. seen how the other half live, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, but he is going to still do that, though. And he's still going to do And therein is the big problem with superheroes. The status quo is always returned to, even in excellent stories. The yeah. status quo is always true. I'll be really interested, too, to see what Saladin Amid does with that, because it's like, oh, man, talk about big shoes to fill. But that's kind of where Saladin Amid lives. He came into yes. Spider-Man after Bendis. He wrote, like, the best black actor. He came into Miss Marvel after G. Willow Wilson. This is just kind of where he lives. That's true. That's true. And where, uh, if, like, if no one is already expecting much from you to begin with, that means you'll probably be able to get away with more. <laughs> that's true. Oh, yeah. No, he, he will certainly have a longer life on this book than he would on a bigger, more, like, higher exposure book. Yeah. Um, Bob Gukian says, uh, Sal, we all, we all know you hate Guy Gardner, <laughs> but does Nathan Fillion playing him make him tolerable? <laughs> I mean, I'm going to, I'm, I'm so hyped for it. I love the idea of Fillion doing anything, much less playing Guy Gardner. It's fantastic. I'm, I'm so on board. What, uh, what do we think the audition process for that was? Do you think every ha actor had to go and press their hands against the glass? Yeah. In this Guy Gardner scene and Gunn and Saffron was like, hmm, yes, I like this guy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that uh, the audition process for Fillion in this case was, hey, Nate, you're playing Guy Gardner. Click. Cool. <laughs> uh, Nate Dog, Tomasi and Gleason, Superman. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even point. think of that. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, there's been so much time and distance from it now. But yeah, it's kind of hard to argue. And also, it, it was just like a great era in Superman, too, because like that and action were good. And yeah. I consider them part of the same whole, even though they really weren't because, you know, they were all telling very different stories. It it does kind of get a little deflated, though, with the whole Mr. Oz thing and where oh. it all ended up going. But that wasn't their fault. Yeah, no, we, we didn't. We don't blame them for that. We know who screwed that up. And it it's was not good at the time. It's just sad when you know, like, oh, this didn't go anywhere. Yeah, no, it's it's a real shame. But it was a good book it and was. it was a great and I think it was a great run. And I think like it's funny i don't i don't think dc has any reverence for it and i don't think they're like no. pushing it in any way so the, i'm the tv show has more reverence for it the cw superman and lois show yeah, is yeah, basically yeah. just living where this book's set up yeah that's true yeah i think that counts yeah uh, sean d howdy sal and joel would slots spider-man count i know a good deal of people don't like it but i do i loved it for a while and I think, yes, it does, because it was like it's it is a influential, definitive run on the character. And so, yes, it does count as like a classic or a modern classic Ooh, run. Su Superior is definitely the cream that rose to the top on that one. So much to the point we're getting to revisit it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Supreme Omega says 10 to 13 years should be the limit of discussion. Well, we decide what we would do on our own show. Yeah. Uh, Silvery Cricket, I once got someone who actually actively hates and looks down on comics to read Jason Aaron's Doctor Strange. Mm. While their opinion on comics really hasn't changed much, they do have a soft spot for Strange. Well, that's now. nice. That's awesome. Yes, Doctor Strange, Way of the Weird, his run uh, was was a really, really influential and uh, definitive now classic run. It, you can only point to like three or four Doctor Strange runs. The Oath is a mini series or maxi series. I, I, but I do, I would, I would call it the, a, a, a definitive run on the character mm. and a classic run. Uh, I, uh, even though it's mostly just Brian K. Vaughn writing about Doctor Strange for like eight issues. I, uh, I see your Jason Aaron Doctor Strange, and I raise you Jason Aaron's eight-year-long Thor saga. That's because right. that's from from God Butcher to Jane as you know the goddess of thunder. 
to like literally the end and all the spinoffs in between to, to war of the realms, the event he had. And I loved every second of it. It was wonderful. And again, I feel like he left such a big imprint in Thor that everyone else was just kind of juggling around going, eh, we don't know what to do next. And obviously yes. this we're, we're in the immortal Thor era now, which I haven't actually read that new issue yet, but I'm Don't very, ex- I'm very excited to check it out. But yeah, I mean, Jason Aaron on Thor, it, it was from the Marvel Now era. I started covering that book when I started reviewing comics over on Name Redacted. <laughs> and the fact that it stayed so good for so long through so many eras and the fact that it has already inspired the movies and everything else, I think it's like will almost never come again. I would say it's probably up there with the Simonson, Justin, like he just wrote the shit out of it for so long and touched on basically every era and everything from Thor lore. Yeah, that's true. That's true. In fact, uh, Aaron's run on Marvel deserves, I think, a minute just to talk about because oh, yeah. uh, the way we did with Bendis, the way we did with uh, with Tom King, where it's like, say what you will, but Aaron had a run, sure did. like a, a definitive run on friggin' a, a, a lot Everything. of characters and had a lot to say, like the Avengers. Yep. Which I hated. I, I every minute off. of. I, I remember defending it to you for so long, and then after I think it was. Uh, but it, it, it was the one with freaking uh, Hyperion and everything. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm, uh, this is too much now. Yeah, Heroes Are Born. It was uh, the, the everyone finds a stop on the Aaron train. Yeah. Uh, especially when it comes to the Avengers. But long running series. Yeah. Never really stopped at all. Yeah, he got to do and he got to do whatever he wanted. And no one at Marvel cared. Did, did they ever resolve evil Coulson? I always said, like, look, if you resolve evil Coulson, I'll come back. But I don't I think assume they, they did. I assume they I, did. I don't but think they did. I think my buddy Matt told me they didn't actually resolve evil Coulson. The chat will tell us. But uh, yeah, Aaron's run on Doctor Strange, another definitive run mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. the character. Uh, and, of course, War of the Realms. Uh, but, like, more the Thor run. I, I, I'm just using War of the Realms as like kind of a placeholder because it represents, like, the culmination, the culmination of most of his Thor run. But, like, Aaron's Thor, everybody points to Aaron's Thor. Ma- as, like, making a Thor run. A unworthy Thor. Like, there was, like, miniseries in this Mighty series Thor. that were good. Yeah, absolutely. Now, this is Aaron's uh, influence on Thor, Aaron's run on Thor. It is, it is definitive. And I would also argue, despite a lot of people being mad at me about it, his Punisher run. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say that that is a new benchmark for Punisher. It's so good that Marvel isn't even rushing to undo it, where it's like, eh, we'll have a miniseries with some other schmuck there because we don't want to undo how solid the ending was on this yeah. one. And it is. Yeah. It's, it, it's the story of Frank Castle facing his own ultimate punishment. Who who watches the Watchmen? Who punishes the Punisher? Yeah, I love it. And, uh, and, and again, a lot of people hate that because it's like, no, he should never be held responsible for anything he's done. He's a good boy. He's I'm not. A good boy. He's he is never, not held. Know. He's not held responsible, but he's also a villain. Well, and he also kind of runs away from his punishment oh, too. He, yeah. he he doesn't even wait to hear what the Avengers have to say. And I've heard some people say, no, 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 going to Weird World, which hey, another Jason Aaron thing that he did. Yeah, you know, is is his own form of punishment and everything. He's punishing himself. I'm like, mm, you could read it both ways. Totally, totally. Uh, 343 Burning Legion. Yay, more Silent Chill to get me through this 12-hour shift. Enjoy. Good hey. luck. Stay well. Make sure to stay hydrated. Douglas Caldwell Miller and McNiven's Old Man Logan. Is that a run or more of a story? Uh, we've been like kind of playing fast and loose the rules, but like that run, like I think that the Bendis Sorrentino mm. run is For more of a Logan. run than Old Man Logan, but Old Man Logan did. I don't think it actually had its own book. I think Old Man Logan was like within the pages of Wolverine. So I think like technically it is a run, um, but yeah, question. I think Old Man Logan, Old Man Logan was written by Miller to be a like graphic novel. 
similarly on it's probably not a run because it was a weekly series two weekly series but Mm -hmm. avengers no way home avengers no surrender yes those are great those are great they're probably my favorite modern avengers story easily nothing has gotten quite close to it and my favorite thing about it is it doesn't even feature triple a avengers is what it does it's oh it's the b and c list team and it's awesome right that's right it's the b squad uh great new villain and who's the villain in that the challenger oh god no it's uh the art the arbitrator or something god he's so forgettable it's the grandmaster but like it's the original grandmaster it's the old grandmaster yeah 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 i was gonna call him the gambler but that's not it (laughs) the roaming gambler basically um yeah uh uh yeah, you say uh, he's not memorable, but he serves the purpose in that story. Perfect. He does am, the job. It, it's it's a classic Avenger set. I am big, I evil, bald, cosmic bad yeah. guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he challenges people to games. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's one that we need. We we I can't believe we forgot to talk about it. And it's the Fraction Run. Yeah. Again, I think this is also almost like just over 20 years old. But again, it's. Oh. The, it's it's the most relevant Hawkeye story ever written. It's the one that everyone <laughs> thinks of. It's the one that the show is based on. Yep. Yep. No, it is. It is. It's the one. It's the one Hawkeye run everybody likes. A beautiful moving work of art. The thing that gave us Kate Bishop, who became a character in her own right, full of spinoff potential. And it also gave us the tracks with Dracula's, bro. (laughs) Exactly. And culture has never been better for it. Okay. 2012. 2012. Okay. That's 10 years. Well, there you go. Why did I think it was I don't know. I have to say Remender's Uncanny X-Force with the best apocalypse-related story ever. It is a fantastic ending as well. We're keeping Evan dead from an event. No one read remains insane to me. Yeah, I'm surprised. I, I don't, I'm, I'm really surprised Evan is not, was not uh, brought into the Krakoa era. Yeah, I know, right? In fact, hey, uh, while we're on the subject of Evan, uh, let's talk about his adopted father, Deadpool, who had one of the best, longest runs ever in the Jerry Duggan Deadpool run. Yes, yes. I I feel like people only remember the first arc with the Dead Presidents, which was co-written by Brian Posey, but no, he, he went on for like six more volumes after that, and he wrote probably my favorite version of Deadpool as this sad clown in a world he never made. Yep. trying to make sense of it all and g- gave him a daughter in this too, agent yeah. Preston, who is mm-hmm. one of my favorite supporting characters. And one of the saddest, most heartbreaking endings ever where to like, you know, put right what, what went wrong in secret empire. Yeah. Deadpool has to literally kill his own mind and destroy all of his character development before he finally escapes from the asylum. And Oh, the orderlies are all Marvel edit- uh, editors. How about that? <laughs> I love that. Oh, and he yeah. also carjacks Jerry Duggan at one point too. And it's like, yes, we're doing an animal man, animal man fucking drive. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. And I don't think Deadpool's recovered from this. No, no, De- no Deadpool's right. had a string of just kind of like th- things that happen and people who write the him. He was never as big as he was in this era. This is also the era he became an uncanny Avenger and Duggan is now revisiting that in his new uncanny Avengers book. And I think he seeks to imply that he wants to get a little justice for Deadpool where he's yep. like, look, yep. I had a great thing going and then secret empire kind of derailed it. He made lemonade out of lemons though. Cause did, those were, those were also really good stories where Deadpool, you know, against everything actually kind of backs evil cap to protect his mutant daughter. Yeah. Uh, Hobbs uh, want to call out Priest Deathstroke as a definitive oh, yeah. run on the character, and McKay Moon Knight will absolutely be remembered as a classic. If yeah, it's remembered, that, it will be remembered as a classic. Yeah, that Priest okay. Deathstroke book is really good, where he's just straight up a villainous protagonist. Right. Uh, Lex that Power, is really good. Good choice. 
Good call. Uh, I've been reading older stuff recently, but the modern stuff that I've read, Ultimate Spider-Man, Detective Comics Rebirth, Tomasi Gleason, Superman, Action Comics Rebirth. Yeah, the 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 Rebirth run on on on, on Batman and Superman, uh, I think they're great. That's I don't know if they're modern classics. But... Too. That's, uh, that's the Tynan one. That's true. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's certainly the most exciting Detective Comics has been in a long term. It's like, no, it's a Bat Family book now. Well, you feel like that's that's what Tynan wanted to say about Batman. Yeah. Even more uh, so than his own like solo Batman run. Right? It's true. Joshi e. Lee, I think IDW TMNT run has been some of the best comics I've ever read. That's fair. A lot of people love that run. When they find it and they discover it, like they love it. Peach, speaking of classics, I was just reading Claremont X Men's run on issue 166. What are some other things that I should read for X Men? Thanks for all you do. Uh, honestly, like there's a ton of X Men. I would just jump onto Hawks and Pox and go mm-hmm. and just go in a straight line and just grab books that you enjoy or that you are excited by or interested in. Um, as yeah. far as classic runs, you got to read the Dark Phoenix Saga. You, you know, you got to read it. God Man Loves Kills. Man Kills. You got to read. Uh, I think that the Whedon run is really good. Yeah. So um, definitely some good stuff there. Uh, right? we, we gave love to Deadpool. We got to give uh, some love and appreciation to DC's Deadpool. And I know she would hate it if I said that. Uh, Harley Quinn from Palmiotti and Connor. Which yeah. again, was one of the biggest things that came out of the new 52. It's the reason Harley is the fourth pillar. Yes. Of DC Comics now. She went from being a sidekick to being a major player. And basically her character journey has never stopped from that moment. It's the thing that inspires the show now. It's the thing that, you know, Harley in the movies is taking inspiration from. Beautiful art. Very funny. It also ran for like 100 issues and had like a dozen different spinoffs of varying quality. But again, I think if you go back and read that Harley series, it has a beautiful timelessness to it. Mm, Yeah. Well, Amanda Connor's art is just... <clears throat> one of those things that I just love to look at. Absolutely. But, uh, it's, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Scarlet Hottie, uh, Far Sector is something that I feel like uh, uh. is it'll be a classic and looked back upon fondly, in my opinion. Yay for New Elseworlds Exchange. I agree only in as much as I hope people even remember the book existed. J- Joe is sticking around. Joe keeps showing up and stuff. I know, so, I know. So, so clearly, you know, there's fans for it, and mm. I appreciate that. I remember in the uh, Pride Anthology, they did a really beautiful black and white story where it was black and white but also green so whenever yeah. she showed it it was green i'm like oh that's really clever actually totally uh Ticnoros, uh hey guys at work i uh, wanted to thank you guys for what you do making the shift bearable i just Whoa. wanted to ask are there any runs that you found to be almost classics that seem to miss at the end i would argue the daredevil run is that yeah but we've talked about a couple where it's like ooh, close but no cigar ones yes. that like i definitely think would be but weren't yeah uh, I think that Tom King's run is one like on Batman is mm. one of those things where I'm like, this is probably for many people a definitive or a, a modern classic run on mm. Batman. I disagree, but Same. I also not you know it is I don't disagree. I don't like it. That's yeah, it. fair it enough. To do with whether I agree or not, it's just That's that I fair. don't like it. I, I mean, I mean, culturally, besides Kite Man, hell yeah, what else has really stuck around for? Right, it? exactly. Like the, the the confusing use of Thomas Wayne Batman, the, oh, the, the resurgence of the resurgence of Bane as a villain, KG Beast, and what he did to Dick Grayson, like Fair enough. Alfred's death. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. All things that he didn't want to do. Uh, Ray Farr, I really enjoyed Looney Moore's uh, Houston run too, or Looney Mooney's uh, Houston run too. I prefer Moon Knight with unconfirmed mystical elements. Mm. Also, Broadway's Doom Patrol was amazing. Agreed, mm. Doom Patrol. Uh, um, Gerardway's Young Animal, Doom Patrol, was great and definitely made, deserves to be on that list. Made it fresh and exciting again, and even the show started borrowing from it as well. Yes, 
I also agree that Houston's run on Moon Knight is a definitive run for Moon Knight. Uh, Cat Lair, the fun for treats. I tend to think post-2012 New 52 as the current era because both Marvel and DC felt different. Stories like Fractions Hawkeye and Wade's Daredevil were very different. Maybe I'm wrong. It's just a vibe thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, Wade's Daredevil, too, where before Zdarsky, I think people were saying that was like a definitive Daredevil. Daredevil's had so many goddamn great runs. And even between exactly. that... And even between that, you have soul. People probably won't agree with me that the soul run is great. I think the soul run oh, is great. great. Yeah. 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 The the thing about Wade also is that Wade was on Daredevil back in like the 90s. Like, yeah, really. So Wade got to return to Daredevil. Yeah. Remember when Wade and Somni was a big thing that like, yes. it was like, oh, I want to see their take on every character. And then they just stopped doing it. We got like Black Widow. We got Daredevil. We got uh, Captain America. And then they just stopped. Yep. Yeah, what the wild. hell? Uh the milkman says, uh, Jaime Reyes, Blue Beetle, Dan Abnett's run on Guardians. Agreed. Oh, yeah. There's Immortal Hulk, Grant Morrison's new X-Men or modern day classics. Yeah, Grant Morrison's new X-Men is, is, is worth bringing up as well. That's a big I, I know for some people it's contentious. I feel like some people either like the... Very contentious. I feel like some people either like the Whedon run or like that one. I feel like it's hard to find people who like both. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big dumb dummy dumb, so I like the Whedon one more than the Morrison run, but I get why people love the new X-Men, and it makes a lot of sense to me. Tevia says... Uh, Superman Rebirth and Super Sons classic runs. Yeah, that's a, you know, Tomasi's run on Super Sons. It was just such a great era for Superman in general, and I would put Super Sons in that as well, that it has such fans, such, you know, ardent, you know, people who have really clung on to it. And Brendan Curses won't shut the hell up about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, guys. I love it, too. Yeah. It's not coming back, guys. But it's Come over. On. It's over. It's it's over. We're they, gonna see they, flashback books. They, from they tried to give you a digital series. Now they're giving you a backup in the main Superman book. Actually, hey, when we're talking about Superman stuff, uh, yeah. War World Saga. I think as like a run in a bigger story, I think mm -hmm. that one will live on as like an actual collected trade forever. I think War World Saga is very strong. It's the thing that made me a Philip Kennedy Johnson fan. Mm. I, I'm sure Philip Kennedy Johnson would thank you for it. <laughs> No, no, uh, no, not a fan of the War World Saga. I, I, I just couldn't care less. I'm sorry. I just, I just don't care, and I'm but just it, not interested. But it's Superman remaining good and pure under you know these huge odds, and he adopts two kids and everything, and they also yeah, great, make, and they make the Mongol who is actually a much more interesting take on Mongol than ever before because we actually get mm -hmm. a flashback to see oh he was actually just a regular kid at one point too who got fucking stepped on by this world and like oh man if he had met Superman earlier in his life or if he had his own Ma and Pa he might not have ended up this way oh yeah well that's the case with everybody yeah. uh steampunk uh, does ultimate spider-man count as a modern classic and the ultimate universe has had some influence on marvel media outside of comics yeah i think the ultimates counts as well but yeah. again over 20 years old um so we tried to like we tried to limit it a little bit we also remember how like the rest of the ultimates kind of ends yeah it doesn't work out oh uh, uh, Mar marvel two and one again i know oh yeah just, marvel I, I know two and one I know we're just kind of gargling Zdarsky's balls on this one, but seriously, uh -huh. it, was, it was very good. It made me give a shit about Fantastic Four again for a minute. That that book was great. That was that was one of those things where I'm like, oh, I mean, you could also say like Zdarsky's run on Howard the Duck was a definitive yeah. run because it like really is the well, and we're not talking about definitive runs. We're talking about modern classics. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if, if if Howard the Duck counts, but maybe he does. Maybe, maybe he does. Uh, Supreme Omega, does the original Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle run fit into the bill? To me, Jaime is the last classic DC legacy hero in the vein of Tim, Kyle, and Wally. Oh, yeah, we counted for sure. Yeah, we do. Uh, hey, uh, uh, got to give some love to Donny Cates. Donny Cates is Venom. Venom became yes, the biggest uh, thing at Marvel for a second, launched a huge event, and also... I feel like they haven't quite been able to recapture try though. They might, I know Ewing is doing his own thing on that yep. book. It's all very primer time travel. I dropped off on it, but I'm hoping to come back to it at some point. 
Yeah, I I really don't care about uh, whatever the hell Hewing is doing with 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 Venom. Something at with, all. Something with time travel. I don't know. <laughs> the, the, I'm the gonna la- do something with time travel. The, the last story I like read was like Dylan Brock. He was in California and he was hanging out with a suntan biker man and everything, and yeah. he got involved in like a biker war. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's that's something. It was it was definitely something. <laughs> yeah, but I do agree that uh, the, the the Kate's run on Venom is uh... it it made me give a shit about Eddie Brock, and I think it also made a lot of people give a shit about Eddie Brock when they didn't think they would because yep. they were all in on Flash Thompson so much to the point that the yes. first volume even meets that criticism head on. Where uh, what is it, uh, Commander T Rex? There, the guy who recruits him is like, well, I wanted the other Venom, but I guess you'll do. <laughs> yeah, exactly uh yeah no it's true that, that was a good run and and uh and for a lot of people like that that's the one if you yeah. want to read venom that's the one you read again it made him so likable eddie brock and again they made him likable by also not being afraid to like cast aspersions at him too it's like you have had more second chances than any fucking person oh yeah son why should we care about you eddie and to yeah. have him basically break to go i don't know stop yeah. yelling at me i like eddie brock the comeback kid the, the king of second chances he really is and i'm like wow that's so smart that you zeroed in on that for his character what what is the essence of Eddie Brock's character he always gets a second chance <laughs> yeah he always gets another shot yeah and nobody knows why yeah. uh Jose uh hi Sal hi Joel uh though after seeing Sal Superman in the authority video he might not agree Superman War World Saga is one of the best modern runs hey no you, you and me Jose you and me let's form a club and get jackets exactly enjoy your War World jackets they're uh, they look like BDSM account- outfits uh, uh yeah <laughs> denial uh I'd like to submit Percy's Ghost Rider if I can stick the landing if it can stick the landing there's a lot of grit and horror and makes the rider scary itself as a supernatural terminator for the wicked and paranormal I'm I keep hearing things. about it but like I, I also hear like it's forgettable might have to check it out again i'm shocked that that's wolverine's first outing after uh the hellfire gala is that he goes right? off to a ghost rider crossover yeah that that feels like he wrote that and then was like oh man i have to do a freaking thing i have to tie it in uh lenny laserdisc sorry if it came late uh if i came late and this was already discussed so i wanted to support anyway but immortal hulk immediate classic yep Naturally. a lot of people love that one it's definitely up there uh gtmq8 uh, i really need to catch up with a lot of these great runs thank you for your reviews and all the comics love hey if we sold some books or people are interested they're like yeah that's great that then this book then this show did uh did double duty and i'm mm-hmm. happy about Hell that yeah cat lawyer please do a tom king and other creator retrospect i like that idea just a we show we're talking about it a while no it's true i, I think uh, we Dex did a baker. snyder one we did do a snyder one yes yeah. Dex Baker, thanks for the super sticker. Uh, I will see it on the repeat. Uh, StreamYard has still not added the stickers. Uh, infamous Mike Manhattan, Monstrous Marjorie, Marjorie Lou, and Santa Takeda. So uh, I hear. Yes, uh, Tiffany loves that series. It's a. I, I it heard about it from her, actually. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, and this guy, 9947, uh, Cap Baker, Loki Gillen, Deadpool yeah. Kelly, Iron Fist Fraction, Moon Knight Houston, and, and so forth. Um, yeah, we said, uh, we said a few of these. Uh, Green Lantern Johns really is one of the choices. big ones. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very good list. Yeah, I forgot um, people were really into that Kieran Gillen Loki series. Now, that was the first time, you know, he became like the god of stories and everything. Obviously, anything Brubaker touched in that area is amazing. Yeah, the Fraction Iron Fist, that's also the one that everyone just keeps chasing. It was never that good ever again. No, it's true. And I will give a, uh, a kind of like, is it a shout out or rather like just any kind of uh, appreciation for 
Um, if if ever the Eternals was going to have a definitive run, mm. for the longest time it was Neil Gaiman's miniseries, and now it's Kieran Gillen's book. You know what? I wholeheartedly agree. I almost missed this one if I wasn't like a sick completionist and wanted right? to catch up on this for uh, Avengers versus X Men uh, versus Eternals. Yeah. I read I read the whole thing in like two set uh, sittings, and I was not disappointed. I uh, I love the stuff that reminds me of Highlander. It's probably mm-hmm. the best Thanos has been. In a, yep. as a villain in a very long time yep 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 and, it's, and again it's great. It, it, it really hits that tragedy again i cannot help but compare it to highlander every time but who, who wants to live forever who wants to love forever <laughs> uh rip phoenix jones uh what about kate's venom and ewing's immortal hulk we talk about them oh, and got them they are great click commander i owe, i got to shout out a couple of my favorite modern classic runs like hickman's avengers new avengers and john's green lantern run yes i agree with that now, uh, it's funny hickman's avengers i never quite caught the fever on but i loved where it all went and yes. weirdly i didn't feel like i missed anything by not reading his avengers when i eventually read secret wars mm-hmm. yeah i appreciate them i didn't like them yeah, I, I I would have put John's Green Lantern on here, too, but I think that one's too old. I think that one's over 20 years old now at this point. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Matt uh, Hen- Herdney. Uh, hi, guys. First time watching live. Although, welcome to the show, Matt. Keep it up. Do you think the abundance of collected editions has helped or hurt the stories in ongoing series? Um, I think that getting books into the hands of people, whether like... If 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 a book in a collected edition gets into the hands of a reader, it means that the direct market single floppy edition did not. Mm. So whatever catches them works for me. Yeah, I mean, whatever gets books in hands isn't that good. Exactly. Um, Jay Sage, justice for uh, Jaime and Sideways yeah. could have had two DC Spider Men potential. Yeah. Have a great day. Both got tendonitis, and you guys Ooh. are helping me out. Well, get be- get well soon. Yeah, Mario. man, that sucks. Yeah, poor Sideways. Oh, well, uh, CJ Lords, love the show. My first classic run coming out when I was a teen was Wolverine and the X-Men. Love Dupe and the return mm-hmm. to a classic school setting. Wolverine and the X-Men is one of those books that like nobody talks about. No, it's true. And I, I like that idea of, 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 you know, of that series. Um, Cam, has anyone addressed Wade and Waringo's FF run? Uh, we haven't, but I do know what you're talking about. And I, I think it is a fantastic book. You know, the Fantastic Four don't really lend themselves to like, uh, celebration because people Which is a don't shame, read the book. <laughs> that's that's why I really want to put Marvel two in one. And there, it's like, no, I I did read a Fantastic Four and it was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it, it Wade and Ringo's run was a great run. Uh, Cap lives to say Ta-Nehisi Coates' Black Panther run, uh, or I'd say that. Uh, the movies took a lot of inspiration, and I think we haven't hit that level with Black Panther th- since. They did, and again, it did feel huge because of the movie Manny and everything. Also, too, you know, Ta-Nehisi Coates kind of teaching himself to write comics on the fly, which is pretty yes. interesting because he had mostly been like, you know, uh, like a writer of news and everything. So it's kind of cool to see him come into his own in that series. I know I kind of struggled in the first couple volumes because I'm like, oh, man, this is really wordy yeah <laughs> that's how i approached it as well but but he eventually figured it out he eventually became a pretty goddamn good comic writer oh uh again no it's that, that, that that's a limited series sorry i was gonna say other history of the dc universe but that's a limited series that's not a run mm. 
Uh, AK, I can't stay. Well, we'll see on the repeat, but I want to drop some money in the pot and shout out to G. Willow Wilson's Ms. Marvel and Ryan oh, North Squirrel Girl as a Marvel Yeah, classic. we kind of got to give Squirrel Girl its flowers too because it ran for so long, became a huge deal, and Squirrel Girl is only as big as she is now because of that series. Similarly, uh, what is it? Uh, Spider-Gwen, Gwenpool, which also had their moments in the sun there to where now they are part of the Marvel Universe now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, Corey McGivney, you reference TMNT, but Transformers more than meets the eye of Mighty W is one of my favorite comic runs of all time. I never thought I would openly over, uh, over Megatron of all characters. Um, I, I, uh, everyone who reads that series loves it to death and mm. wants me to read it. So there's gotta be something to it. <laughs> I, I agree. I think that like Transformers, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those properties where you immediately discount it because it's like a, it's, it's a cartoon show. It's a toy commercial, but like, it's it, it really resonates with people and uh and if there was ever going to be a definitive run of transformers i think that's it yeah. <laughs> unless you read daniel warren johnson's which is coming out soon oh yeah that's right it is yeah i'm excited for that how, how many yeah. wrestling moves is he gonna put in it's all of them yeah every page yeah uh, uh, also it wasn't a run it was a mini but if we're talking daniel warren johnson his beta ray bill was fucking beautiful <sighs> and like ray almost made me cry yeah, Danny Warren Johnson just needs to have like an episode dedicated to him. Dead Earth, you know, that's a mini series, but Beta Ray Bill is one of those things where it is best, you know, one of the best books of the year. I mean, uh, if Beta Ray Bill can throw a freaking Okada Rainmaker elbow, <laughs> I'm in. Uh, true, Markham. Daredevil has to be a, has has had some solid modern runs from Bendis to Zdarsky. Which would you consider a classic? I mean, I say all of them. All of them. Yeah, he has more classic runs than anybody. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Girk Pectus, I think John Ridley's Black Panther is a modern classic. He introduced so many interesting Wakandan concepts like democracy, spies in Krakoa, etc. Mm, That's fair. Things about that too. Also, just John Ridley in general putting in a lot of really good work recently. Yeah, John Ridley became a new critical darling lately. Sure did. Uh, Joshy Lee, is it too early to talk about Jason Aaron's Punisher in the hand storyline? Because that's the most I've liked Punisher in a long time. Oh, we no, talked about not. it. We always talked about it. Agree with you, my friend. Dustin Zimbala, uh, Remender's Venom is underrated as a, a, a AF about oh, yeah. uh, my favorite book ever. Yeah, yeah, the Remender run. The Flash series. Yeah, it was kind of an under the radar thing, but I think people have really come to appreciate it in the year since. And yeah, it kind of holds up. I read it years after it was done. And I'm like, oh, shit, this is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah um ozzy albor can't stay for the live but i'll be back love you guys well Aww. that's a great terminator line i appreciate it my friend uh drew markham i hope it's i i hope time is kind to jeremy adams flash and size barriers constantine oh yeah size barriers constantine spice barriers hellblazer has been that is as good as it gets it, it it ate tom taylor's lunch yeah so you were saying yeah size barrier is an underrated size barrier is like like if you you know using like Moneyball as an example, like he is one of those underrated players that like you just put him on a book one day it's, and he it's true. Him. And I'm probably going to read his Flash now because of that. And also, hey, w- while we're on the subject of Spurrier, I know he said we didn't want to make this the X Men Krakoa Hour and everything. Sure, but sure. He, but his Way of X series with Nightcrawler and everything, n- not the one that came after, but the one before where it was all like one and done issues yeah that was magical that was like oh wow this is nuanced mature storytelling for adults using superheroes to talk about subjects of you know religion and faith and life after death and everything there this is this is an intelligent ass book and then it ended in a big dumb punch up with onslaught i did not like how that one ended but it's still really good 
Uh, Matthew Schmidt, uh, maybe an unpopular opinion, but the new 52 Wonder Woman run really got me into the character and made me a lifelong fan. Thanks for all you guys do. Brian Azzarello and Cliff Chong's Wonder Woman was another definitive run. It is a modern classic on Wonder Woman. I tried multiple times to read it and it just didn't do it for me. That's fair. You may like the Tom King run. We'll see. I might. Again, I know it came out. I wanted to read that and I wanted to read it. It's not out yet. I I just know he sent Penguin is great. Is it? Because again, I almost picked it up this week because I got so many animated shows to watch now. I didn't have time for it. Yeah. No, Penguin is great. Uh, Wonder Woman is cool. It seemed like something I might enjoy. Uh, Heartless Fang, I know you guys already mentioned Hickman, but any of his big runs not in the running for modern classics. Uh, Much love to you guys. He did a Fantastic Uh, Four before that. He did a lot of stuff. That counts. His his Fantastic Four uh, run, I think, counts more than his Avengers runs. And and it kind of gets better with time, too, because it's kind of the font from which so many other ideas spring. It was the bedrock for his entire Marvel like thing. Uh, as evil mathematician will attest uh, past rival uh, revival productions. What would you guys say has similar appeal to superheroes uh, wrestling I, soap operas? Yep. Um, yeah. yeah Ra- ra- uh, old movie serials and radio plays because they're also sequential storytelling. Exactly. Exactly. Disposable sequential storytelling. Uh, Richie, what's going on? You guys uh, to me, Daredevil has the best run in comics since Frank Miller started writing back then. Yeah, that's fair. It's been win after win. Everyone yeah. has been really solid. Even the ones that like you don't remember as much, like the Diggle run is still fucking awesome. Right. The Diggle run is good. I, I don't care for this one run that I'm like, that is not good. And he is getting another run on that character coming up soon. You can read between the lines. Get shitty. Uh, Ram V and John Pearson's The Swamp Thing. Yeah. There's been some good. But hell, uh, Snyder had a good Swamp Thing run in the new 52. Yeah. yeah. King had a like a special. That's right. Um, yeah, I uh, the Swamp Thing is one of those things where I'm like, yeah, is that a modern classic? I, I think for some people it is, but I don't know. And I I didn't read enough of it to be able to say, like, I loved it enough for me to just like cheat and put it on my list anyway. Hell, uh, King's Swamp Thing story in Batman is one of his Batman stories I actually genuinely, truly like. That was good, yeah. yeah. It was. I'm like, you know what? You, you turn me off on all the other stuff? I like this. More of this, please. Exactly. I like this. Uh, Hal freaking uh, Jones, has there ever been a good solo Blade book in the past? Also, Sal bought Rogues last week. You're right. It deserved better as a Flash fan myself. Nice. Yes. Rogues is a good book. Uh, check that out. Interestingly enough, um, I have at least three or four different like volume ones of Blade, and I haven't read most of them. But the new Blade yes really good from brian edward hill loved that first issue brian edward hill stuff is always kind of like hit or miss for me in fact so much to the point i think he thought i didn't like him for the longest time but yeah yeah, i really liked that one i'm like well this is a strong start for blake but but when they go to the freaking Kamar rouge mountains near the end i'm like okay well this series can be anything now (laughs) that's right that's right uh uh, cj stevenson i in my opinion i think batman hush and court of owls have become new modern generation uh defining batman runs for better for worse maybe new 52 bat wonder woman it's so definitely wonder woman have more to say about wonder woman <laughs> i know hush is like 20 years old if not more i don't remember prince yeah hush is everyone reads hush um so that definitely counts and court of owls again everyone counts that one 
Uh, Matt Hendry, uh, Grayson, beautiful art, unique take. See him by Kelly T. Uh, Captain Marvel, we did talk about. Grayson, we didn't, but yes, Grayson counts. I like Grayson a whole lot. And also, hey, you know what? He he never gets his due, but Tim Seeley's Nightwing run that came directly after that is also really good. In fact, he does a lot of the same stuff that Taylor is doing now. He also fights Blockbuster. He also goes back to Bloodhaven. Yeah. What did, did Seeley write? Didn't he co-write it with uh, King at some point or a little he, bit? He co-wrote grayson with king and then he yeah. got to write uh nightwing solo after that that's cool that's cool. for dc rebirth yeah there's lots of good stories there yeah and cj stevenson the movies would have you believe that jeff john's justice league run is a modern classic yeah. but how much of that is john's pushing it up yeah. the hill yeah. i would argue that everything that john's wrote when he was in charge at dc was overinflated by his influence over the company mm. like i don't think flashpoint mm. i don't think anyone would give a shit about flashpoint if john's didn't push it flashpoint i think the flashpoint is, is a crappy book that is kind of good look like, it's great looking mm. and it's kind of cool but that's it it's, it's so it's so wild i would love to see the alternate universe where flashpoint was just another story in the flash book like he wanted it to be like he was building it up to be if you yeah. read his flash he's just like yeah man flashpoint is coming it's a story we're going to be doing oh yep. it's a big event that involves everything now okay yep yep, yep. if it didn't have a cartoon movie which, which was really good, which he was in charge of to be able to green light in the first place. Then people wouldn't remember it. But uh, yeah, so there you have it, folks. Uh, we've been here for a lot longer than I expected, but I uh, should have counted on that because well, when we, we get the ball books. rolling, yeah, we talk about shit we love. Yeah, but uh, I want to thank Joel for being here and for his thank incredible uh, commentary and insight and ideas. Uh, I want to thank try. you guys for sponsoring today's show and for watching. If you like this video, subscribe to the channel and click the like button. It helps us out. Uh, check out Joel on YouTube at Cape Joel, and we'll see you guys next week thank with you. an all-new episode of the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal. That's I'm Joel. Joel. So long, everybody.